senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And this is episode 11. It's two podcasts in two weeks. Oh my God. It's a goddamn Christmas miracle. The fist of punctuality. (laughs) (laughs) That's certainly what I was given in elementary school, and that's why I wake up screaming. (laughs) Fist of... I was going to go with the fist of capitalism based on some of our... So, some of our subjects for tonight, but the fist of punctuality works. I like the fist of capitalism. <laughs> oh, that's somebody's going to take that out of context. You're going to be all done. I like the fist of capitalism, but you should say that. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm here for the fist of capitalism. <laughs> well, you're right on time for your audit. Fist of punctuality. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I should have brought more beer up here. We're going to need it, man. It doesn't help. My spine is shattered. Here's what I spent my day doing. Yes. You you napped. I did. It was glorious. Yeah. Well, I spent it in my goddamn wooden office chair. I bagged and boarded a long box worth of fucking comics because since this is radio and you don't know, the, the studio for this podcast is... Really, it, it had become a comics graveyard. Yes. We've been at the home office for seven years, and comics would just come up here, and it takes like two and a half, three hours to do a hundred books to, you know, bag them, board them, tape them, get them into the database so you know even what the hell you have. It's like a full time job to do a long box. And over six months, I've been cleaning up. As of today, I've done 6,000 comic books you've been working very hard and that's just the loose ones (laughs) that were just sort of in comic bags sort of stacked carefully so they don't get deformed there's still 22 long boxes worth of shit i gotta go through to figure out what's even in there so i know where everything is and the random stuff in the bathroom oh that stuff's beyond repair (laughs) you put that in a bag it's because it's a fucking biohazard (laughs) yeah whatever's in there it is not part of the collection yeah. yeah. That's going out to the curb in a lead bag. <laughs> I think I saw an Innocenti book in there. <laughs> no, that was doomed before it went in there. <laughs> Unless you're talking about her Daredevil run in the 80s. <laughs> but it's that's the hell of being a comic book geek. It's I've been collecting this shit my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've had to get a storage locker, like, what is yeah. it, 20 by 8? Some ridiculous size just to store this shit. I'm bringing the 20th long box over there tomorrow. And then there's the other 22. So it's as though Buffalo Bill had a storage container full of comics. Oh, there's heads in there. <laughs> My enemies know not to fuck with me That's now. What the short boxes are for <laughs> exactly. But uh, sip of beer, pause for edit. But but for a lot of people, this is the most ham-fisted segue I've ever done. So I'm just not going to try to do segues it's not anymore. The most ham-fisted segue. Well, if you're right, I have done this show significantly more intoxicated than I'm doing it right now. But but since we're talking about physical physical comics, Rob, that's what I think you're getting at here, that you have to go and find space for. Isn't it interesting that? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I felt enough shame trying to get that way. <laughs> you just 
hammering me with both fucking feet. Well, fine, you do the seg. It's the seg. <laughs> yeah, that sounds professional, like we know what we're doing and shit. I know nothing. Yeah. But, so, yeah, the, one of the big comic news, and it's been sort of a big deal. It's not been a running theme for a, throughout the life of our website, but it's been a theme. Digital comics, their innate instability, and now the one last big one that was still around, Comixology, was announced was purchased by Amazon earlier this week, or at least that's when the announcement happened. Yep. And now everybody who's heavily into digital comics is wondering what the fuck is going to happen from here on out. Yep. Um, now, you did some research on some of the stuff that's going on. I guess they're at least staying in New York. What's some of the stuff that you found out? Um, so there's some actual news as opposed to just me. Yeah, digital comics are for jerks. Well, a few weeks before the sale actually happened, most of their upper management um, left, uh, sold off or bought out or walked away, which probably meant that they knew that they should cash out while things are good. Well, that does happen. I, you know, My day job is in technology, you know, certainly not in the comic book industry, but... Uh, you know, Comixology was not a huge company. It was, for all intents and purposes, a technology startup. Um, and, and I've been at places that have had ownership changes, you know, new venture capitalists or whatever, and a certain amount of upper management is either given the golden handshake or they say... Golden handshake, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, Golden parachute? <laughs> golden parachute, gold, <laughs> golden handshake. If you're down in the trenches, golden actually... If you're down in the code mines... <laughs> It's the brown handshake. It's you know, you're you're shit out of luck, and yeah. uh, I hope you brought your own box for your crap. So, but you, you get the point. Yes. It's, uh, most of those guys have stock options. As new ownership comes in, the deal is, yeah, you're going to keep your stuff, but we want our own people in charge. So that kind of thing happens. Yeah. Um, and so from there, it it'll be interesting to see how things play out. One of the things that made Comicsology, um. I, I gather cool for Marvel was they had a sort of um, exclusive deal with Marvel to uh, debut stuff. Um, but now Marvel's got their own app. This is some of the stuff I picked up on Bleeding Cool um, earlier this week. Mar uh, Marvel has its own app and they're thinking it's called the Unlimited App Platform. They're thinking that Marvel is no longer going to be exclusive with Comixology and they're going to be trying to do this sort of stuff in-house. So... And and they've been sort of doing that for a while. I mean, you've always been able to get Marvel comics through their own app. Uh, I do know a guy who I work with at the day job who lives and dies by his Marvel Unlimited, and he grabs the newest stuff you know, that comes out as part of that subscription, and, and he loves it. And it works with their augmented reality and all of that um, stuff. <laughs> yeah, and perhaps he gives a shit about that. But uh, this is one of those, you know, sales guys, you know, he loves comics. He'll talk with me about them all day long. But, you know, but then I, what does he want you to buy, well, Rob? <laughs> but I, I'm an engineer with a ponytail and a Batman T-shirt. You know, He's got a suit and tie. He ain't going to be seen walking into our local comic store where they know me by name and ask me not to come in with a suit and tie because they know the next thing is, have you heard about Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> ask you to come in and not talk about the golden shake-off. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I know I'm talking about the golden shake off <laughs> next time I go in. Um, but, you know, beyond... I'm using that in my next layoff. <laughs> Are you giving me the golden shake off, motherfucker? I'll come in here with a machine gun. 
Can I keep my stock options? <laughs> They're going to be worth something someday, right? I've never worked at a place right? where my stock options were worth shit, but we're, we're getting off field here. But anyway, um, but the so, other piece, too, is DC um, is opening up their monthlies to Google Play. Um, and so, you know, that's no longer something that is just special to Comixology. Image is offering their own DRM free downloads. Slave Labor Graphics has offered that for quite some time. So there are a lot of other options out there for digital folks. However, there is something to be said for the convenience of all of your publishing needs under one house where you can also get kitty litter, as we've discovered, <laughs> and um, you know, buy jeans. Internet pants are a good thing. And get your digital downloads. I mean, it's it's Amazon has become this sort of just octopus of retail awesomeness or frighteningness depending that's that's not even a word frighteningness uh, mortal <laughs> terror whatever with <laughs> drones soon they will have drones but <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it, it's it, i guess it can be a really good thing for those of us who don't like leaving the house me and um it can be a bad thing for other people who would still prefer to make sure that there's not going to be yet another thing that will take business away from the local comic book stores well with some of these exclusive deals, do we have, and, and certainly we're not heavy enough into the comics industry to have any sources beyond the same ones anybody else does. Just you've actually looked at some of this stuff today. I, I clicked a page. Well, <laughs> it, okay, but are some of these exclusive deals with Comixology, they're fading out. Well, that, that's just it. They're They're up in the air. Um, nobody's really quite sure, especially since, you know, how can something continue to be exclusive if they're still pushing the same content through what is now that publisher's own app? That it ceases to be exclusive at that point. Yeah, but uh, all these guys were offering their own sales through their own storefronts. Anyway, you go to DC and get DC books. Yeah. You go to Marvel and get Marvel books. It was the exclusive Comixology was the reseller. Yeah. So if those deals go up, then the one-stop shopping, which frankly was the main selling point, I think, for anybody with Comixology, is this is just the one place I have to go. I have one app on my device. Right. I have one website I have to go to on my computer. And particularly with uh, graphically closing a year or two ago yep. and Sony closed their comic shop and... If I remember right, Sony did the full nuclear and said, yeah, we're closing and uh, fuck you and your comics. We have your money, <laughs> which I I did about 20 minutes worth of research when the news came in. I don't really see any evidence of Amazon really having done that with anything that easily came up with Google searching. No. So I'd say it's probably safe to say <clears throat> your your collection will be maintained somewhere and you'll be able to get it. That would seem to be the expectation, although there hasn't been a lot more information forthcoming from Amazon about changes now that they own uh, com Comixology. Well, um, and, and that's the nuclear thing. You know, I did a, a piece on this a couple of years ago when the kid did the Reddit script to... So that they could back up their Yeah, it's some kid did a bash script so that you could download your books from Comixology and it would strip their digital rights management software so you could just have them and turn them into what, CRB files. Yep. Um, and, yeah, Comixology landed on them with both feet, which they were correct to do. They have to protect it. It's a violation of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. But to me, it hammered home, and that's why I wrote it. It's If you look at Comixology's terms of service, you're not buying anything. They're selling no. you a license, and they specifically say they have the right for any reason 
painful rectal itch, bad mood, golden shake off, whatever. <laughs> they, they can say your license is fucked and thank you for your money. That's the big fear. Now, I've not really seen any evidence that Amazon does this kind of stuff, but it's happened. You know, again, if I'm remembering right, Sony's comic store did it. Uh, what was it? Walmart's music store. They decided, oh, there's no more money in it. I could be misremembering Walmart before I get into corporate slander with an entity that could sue me into oblivion by sneezing. Yeah, I guess um, the the question will be Amazon as um, a publisher who makes works available digitally currently in, in the, the, the field of novels and short stories. Um, there has been some concern with um, particularly independent, like self-publishers, who have tried to get things onto the site only to be told by some faceless editorial board, this thing that you have, we don't deem it safe or appropriate, therefore you need to do X, Y, and Z in order to get it published. It looks like Comixology had um, a similar function for people who wanted to self-publish through their site. Um, presumably that piece would continue with Amazon, which would be great because it would be a, a larger audience available for those works. But now do those people have to worry about the same sort of puritanical board jumping on them and trying to censor content? <clears throat> and it's a possibility, but that's something that Comixology also had to deal with. You know, again, we don't personally know any self-publishers. I don't know what Comixology had for particular standards or anything like that where, oh, no, this is a story about a man blowing a Dalek. We really don't want that. <laughs> don't we, though? Don't we? <laughs> um, I don't know. Another five beers. <laughs> You'd be surprised what does it for me. But, but uh. The, but uh, just, it brings to mind the uh, issue of Saga last year yeah. that uh, Comixology picked up, but iTunes rejected it so you couldn't get it via uh, anything on iOS or through right. the, the Apple, Apple store. Platform. We don't have Apple products, so it's uh, no, not, we don't. not really an issue with us. I mean, I suppose that's one other thing. I did Google, and at the very least, Amazon Kindle books are not sold on any iOS or through the Apple store, so... It's very possible, and this is pure speculation, but that that is a sales avenue, if that's how you like to pick up your books, you may find in the very near future, you ain't going to be able to do that. Right, right. Although, uh, and I guess it'll be a question of whether or not uh, Amazon does anything to change their current DRM. It is possible to strip DRM from those books. There are, are programs out there to do that. So will this become a piracy boon, uh, switching over to this particular digital publishing? Yeah, if they go to whatever uh, DRM they use on Kindle, uh, yeah, there's a wide variety of apps and plugins you know, that'll strip that that are, are well known in the wild. You know, go download Caliber and look. Yeah. Strip DRM. Kindle. Although we know nothing about Caliber, we would never use such a program here at the uh, Crisis on Infinite Midlife's oh, home office. A absolutely not. I mean, th there's a reason I have 6,000 books. <laughs> I don't want somebody telling me what I can read or what I can't <laughs> read. But, I mean, I suppose that's something else to be fair about. We, The only digital comics that we've bought have been through Comixology. Yeah, and um, a lot of it was more just when it first came out as a proof of concept to see if it would be that much better or different a viewing medium to make it worthwhile over a handheld reading experience with, with an actual book and 
I didn't think it was other than the convenience of I can just get this book now and I don't have to find a home for it later. I didn't think it was for me. Yeah, well, I've probably used it since you have. I'm trying to think of the times that we have used it, and it's a handful. Uh, when Walking Dead 100 came out, it was during mm -hmm. San Diego Comic-Con. And the funny thing, if you've never been to San Diego Comic-Con, is you can't buy new fucking comic books there. <laughs> there's Amazingly, one or, no. <laughs> there's one or two you know, places that'll haul the new books, but you know, most people, they're hauling their old shit. They're not going to do the new stuff because they know if you're a big enough comic fan to look for comics at San Diego, you're probably going to pull list at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. If so. you're in San Diego, you're looking for rare issues of Howard the Duck or something like that. Yeah. You're, you're not there for Batman 30. Right. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we, uh, we got that. Um, in the last couple of Christmases, I've been traveling to visit family and if, want something to read and something to do a review about. So, yeah, I'd grab one a couple of years ago with Spider-Man 700 was like yep. the only comic book that was for sale on Christmas Day. Or, yep. But, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's very easy to use. Uh, is still as I imagine, until it goes away or yeah, mutates. Yeah, and for or, those of you who have difficulty sequencing when reading a comic book, you get a panel-by-panel -panel layout so it kind of walks you through point a to point b if you can't scan the page so yeah i mean for non-big splash pages it was a pretty intuitive yeah. reading experience there are and actually people out there who have difficulty sequencing pages well and not just ones you know drawn by sarah pacelli well, <laughs> it, it has nothing to do with her it have tends to happen on bendis books and i think he gives certain instructions on where to split the page that's a whole different <laughs> thing I'll, i've complained about it before i'll complain about it again it is not just her. Don't single her out. Single Bendis out, for Christ's sake. But Bendis, stop giving stupid directions to your artists. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, um, it's uh, yeah, it was fairly easy to use. Um, I know that Amazon, with their comics, I remember reading somewhere that they were trying to do a similar type of guided view. Yep. Uh, from everything I've heard from the very small number of people who I know who read digital comics... Comixology really had the best technology, so that's something. That basically, Amazon bought that technology and a customer base, yep. and whatever contracts are in place for however long they last. It'll give them a jump for now, but... There's a drones joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Use the drones to get physical <laughs> comic books. They'll take over your house, and you'll spend extra rent to have a yeah. place to keep them. <laughs> Send the drones for you when you try to strip the DRM. <laughs> <laughs> They're watching. Oh, no. Just put an air gap on your machine. Unplug it from the wall. You'll be fine. It's no <laughs> big deal. Excuse me. I need to go make a tinfoil hat. <laughs> or just go to your local comic store. It's... Don't ask for the golden shake-off. Just don't. <laughs> and I, you know, It's weird for me. I love going to the comic store. Yeah, At this point... You go with me. It's the same group of guys. Mm -hmm. We're all middle-aged people because it's all the people who grew up on comic books and go there after work on Wednesday and shoot the shit about whatever the newest books are and complain about some obscure artist. And then you know, the owner lets us rifle through the racks to find some example of terrible anatomy from... <laughs> Whoever the hell did uh, that particular issue of was, Master of Kung Fu. Well, I, th I think last week's hot debate was, uh, do we really want to commit brain space to remembering who wrote and drew Run, Riddler Run? 
uh, answer <laughs> yes for five seconds, and now I don't remember again. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it's fun. It's a community thing, and, you know, it's fun to get the pile of books. It's fun to actually walk through and find stuff. I've never had that experience, you know, be it, yeah, you know, I read ebooks. Yep. You know, browsing through virtual shelves as you know, finding something I got buried. I missed it a couple weeks ago. Um, I recognize part of it is I'm an old fart at this point. I'm not an idiot. I saw what happened with my local record store. I saw what happened with my local bookstore. Everything is going to be digital eventually. That's just how it is. You know. Yeah. Eventually, but you know, I find. For, for my own experience with digital things, the the books that I have downloaded have been things that I didn't necessarily care about owning per se. I just needed to to read them quickly so I was up on it, and the, and therefore when it becomes out of sight, out of mind, it won't matter. Um, or things that I read when I was much much younger. I was like, oh, there's you know like the stainless steel rat books, more just to yeah. have in case I want to go back to them. But again, I don't need them to be clogging up my bookcase space. That's where the books that I actually want to read right in the immediate now are. Yeah, and I and will want to see again. I, I recognize there's, and this is going to sound weird, but this is from a guy who spent eight hours today bagging and boarding books. There's a certain amount of fetishism around it as somebody who started reading comics in the '80s, where you, or the '70s, hell, uh, where you got your comics from a spinner rack at the local. Uh, convenience store and if you were me you got them when you weren't a little shit that day you know we had i was seven years old i had no money i got the comic books when mom and dad would get them for me but there were no mylar bags there were no backboards there were no long boxes so the idea yeah i i sort of grew up with the idea these things are disposable yeah my mom threw out a bunch of comic books my dad intervened because he had some reasonably valuable books yep. thrown out by my grandmother. Oh, and... my dad could tell you stories if he was still alive. <laughs> What's, uh, yeah, what is he? he went on his honeymoon. And my grandmother sold um, all of his comic books at an, a VFW yard sale fundraiser and his baseball cards, which is why I just recently paid off all of my college debt. Yeah, it's yeah, a bunch of silver <laughs> age years stuff. Old. You were telling me some of the books that yep. he had, when, like early Fantastic Four. Um, and... He had some, he had some early, early Aquaman, um, some... Oh, what else? There was a Mickey Mantle card in there somewhere. Oh, <laughs> like... God. But it's you know, everybody you know, who grew up in the hell, 30, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, probably up until the 80s, has that story. Yep. My mom chucked all my Star Wars cards. I had a bunch of, yeah, relatively early. I remember a bunch of early Iron Fist comics that, you know, if that movie ever gets made, no, my mom goes in the cheap fucking home. <laughs> but. So, as I got older and had money, the idea that I can just go to a store that does nothing but sell comic books, and they will sell me supplies so I can preserve them and keep them, and I can have a computer program that tells me exactly what I have and where it is, it's, there's a certain amount of physical fetishing of not only can I have them, but I can keep them and take care of them. And I, I recognize is not fucking healthy. No. Yeah, I I pay sixty five dollars a month for storage space for books. Seventy five percent of them I may never read again. Yeah, and as as you're talking, I'm just thinking like I spent 
you know, time downloading digitally books that, uh, like chapter books that I read as a kid because I didn't want them clogging up space on my current bookshelves. But, you know, by God, when I was looking for an issue of Thor, that like the first issue of Thor that I had, and the n- number escapes me, but it's Thor versus uh, Pluto and... Yeah, oh, it's... I forget what it is, yeah, but... Yeah, and it's got, like, Jane... Um, Over the past weeks, <laughs> I bagged and boarded it. It's in that short box behind you. Excellent. I, I, I Don't look for it now. Yeah, we're, but... we're busy now, but, like, I wanted a physical copy of that. Like, I, I wanted, you know, I wanted physical possession of that again. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just something about, you know, there are readers of Generation X, and probably not a hell of a lot later than that, who are going to feel the way that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want the physical books. Even if I have to pay to have them someplace, they're mine. I can collect books in a way that I never would have dreamed when I was seven years old. And digital's just not the same. And I realize I'm not saying anything that you know, a 45 vinyl head didn't say in 2005. But I'll keep doing it that way the best I can. And you know, I guess the best hope is... And Comixology was the best hope, a central place where someone who loves comics can get everything. A central place owned by an independent um, like business also. They weren't part of some giant conglomerate that already... Well, yeah, they did comics. Yeah. Period. And they did comics the best that they absolutely could. Right. You know, Amazon bought them because eh, they could. Yep. And the price might have been down if some of these contracts were not going to be renewed. But comics are not Amazon's highest priority. No, I mean, I, I can get, you know, pants. I can get um, smoked oysters. I can get comics now, apparently. <laughs> but I can't get beer and cigarettes, so they've only got a limited use for me. Well, we're in Massachusetts, so we can't even have that stuff shipped to us if we wanted to. That is true. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, don't have any answers. But, you know, it's going to be an interesting time for digital comics. And, and we were not the place to go if you wanted to hear people talk about digital comics. It's half of why I wanted to talk about this was the cautionary. I told you they could go away any minute. But I also recognize that it doesn't matter a squirt of piss in a hurricane. The future is the future. The future is the future. Um, things are more likely to continue to go digital. There is still always going to be um, a marketplace for those of us who want physical books of any sort. But, you know... The yep. overall convenience of like a giant like Amazon, I think, at the end of the day, this this is why people go to Walmart. This is why people go to Target. This is why people go to Home Depot. Yep. <laughs> it just means we may have to move. With God as my witness, part of why when we were looking for a home office, we chose this place. It was because it was walking distance from the store. But, you know, I also believe that that particular local comic book store has been around forever and a day um i don't see it going anywhere soon knock wood <laughs> well if it does maybe i'll sell my collection and buy the damn place at this point you have enough books you could probably yeah. open your own store i could liquidate all my technology stocks that i picked up from working and they say oh yeah that's not going to help anybody but yeah i mean the same the same technology that allows digital books to be sold on the internet is you know, bundled into the same technology that allows our local comic book store to have an internet presence um, and to, to publish what they're going to have available on a given week. It's, it allows, you know, 
one of the individuals that we socialize with to take what books he does not want to have in his possession anymore, sell them on eBay and buy more physical comic books from our local comic book store. Yeah. I don't know. I just, the story I keep thinking about is my uncle about 15 years ago was at my grandmother's house and going through an old set of encyclopedias and opened one up and there was a mint condition Amazing Spider-Man number one, that as soon as he found it, he remembered he bought it at the drugstore, he read it once, and he put it in there to keep it safe. And that put his kid through college. (laughs) Nobody is ever going to pick up a 30-year-old iPad and go, oh, cool, there's a copy of Batman Eternal number one on here. Let me wipe that and get more porn, because it's worth shit. (laughs) Now I don't have space for Flappy Bird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, if you've read... If you've read our website at all, you know, we're not the place to come to hear about the bright future of digital comics. They really don't do a hell of a lot for us, but it is a big deal. So certainly wanted to talk about it this week. Yeah, I mean, it's, keep an eye on it as as the situation continues yeah. to unfold. The biggest bummer for me is I looked at the career section on Comixology and they're hiring people with my particular skill set. Now I got to stay where I am. Damn it. Dropping your pants in public. They're looking for that. <laughs> Uh, the money's pretty good for that here. <laughs> not for me. I'm Irish, but fuck it. <laughs> you do it for the love, not for the money. Do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life because you'll be in prison. <laughs> the roof over your head in three squares. Yeah, <laughs> so that was one of the big, uh, that was the big that comic the big. base news this week. The The second one for a particular subset of fandom of which we were a part was hotel sales for... Yes. San Diego Comic-Con 2014 went on sale this week. Um, Speaking of a roof over your head in three squares. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll open up with, we did, we got a room. Uh, we got our first choice room. It was not a high stress situation for, a, well, it's never a high stress situation for you. It always falls to me to do the hotels. Yeah. I unfortunately am in a line of work other than this where I can't sit with the uh, F5 key and uh, a lot of free time yeah. waiting. <laughs> So it's it's not as bad as it used to be. Um, <clears throat> if if you've never done it, here's the here's how the situation works right now. Uh, they announce about seventy two hours ahead of time. This is the day that you can get hotels, and it's going to be at noon Eastern time on this day. And they give you a URL, so you sit there and you wait. And I start hitting F five at eleven fifty nine, just like everybody else, because that's when it starts to slow down a little bit. And it's really a lot better than it used to be because what happens is you hit it and it gives you a main page and you hit OK and you've got a one-page form to fill out. You have to list six hotels, no more, no less, in the order that you want them and give all your pertinent information and press the button. Now, it's first come, first serve. (laughs) uh, There's a certain algorithm where if certain things come in within three seconds of each other, they'll randomly just assign numbers to everybody, but it amounts to... All pretty much first come, first serve against God knows how many tens of thousands of other people because, what is it, 130,000 is the full sold-out capacity? I so, yeah. So it is a mad adrenaline. It's it's the most adrenalized web page since the first porn page you ever went to when you were an adolescent. It's, oh, God, I've got... You're hammering through, and there's the only confirmation when you get done is... Okay, we've got it. We'll send you an email at some point, and we'll let you know in two days if you got anything. 
So I did it. In two days. You know, that's that's longer even than on dial-up waiting for, like, a still from a donkey show to download <laughs> line by line the, on 28 baud modem. The, the first, <laughs> first movie I ever pirated, because the statute of limitations is long over, <laughs> was Star Wars Episode Two on 768 dial-up. <laughs> I had never pirated a movie before. I had to use a specialized site. I still was able to do that in less than two days. <laughs> it was like 36 hours of no sleep. But... <laughs> so immediately, so you got the adrenaline of, I got to do it fast, I got to do it fast, I got to do it fast. Now, two years ago was the first time I'd done it in a long time because we always booked a particular hotel that we liked directly. And that place has since stopped allowing it because all the rooms are through San Diego, yep. through the convention. So, yeah. Two years ago, I did it for the first time. I got done in three minutes, and we got a hotel, but we didn't get our first choice. Right. So last year, I went in, and I did it in two minutes, 20 seconds, and, and we got the first choice. Yep. So I figured, okay, that's a sweet spot. But then you start looking at Twitter, and people are saying, oh, I did it in two and a half minutes, and I got my ninth choice. Or I did it in three minutes, and I got dick. I'll be sleeping outside the bus station. I got dick again. Yeah. <laughs> I got a... uh, Three-minute man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for once, that's too slow. (laughs) But, so, yeah, this year, in a panic about it. No, we weren't too panicked because we booked two backup rooms. We (laughs) We did. We booked our first backup room, like, a week after we get back from the previous year's convention. Just some room somewhere in the city so we know we can sleep someplace. Because... San Diego has taxis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, and this year I booked the second one because I thought, oh, this one's a little bit better, so let me book this backup room. Um, but we we still went through the convention because they have, Cheaper. The, they have the best hotels and they have a great fucking rate. Yeah. You know, that where we're staying would be twice as expensive if we tried to book it directly, if we even could. True. But, so, yeah, with the idea of Okay, I've got to get it in that much quicker. I, this year I did it in a minute and 45 seconds. <laughs> and press the button, and then the self-doubt comes in. Did I put the right email address in? <laughs> did I put my name? Oh, God, what did I do? Yeah, so it's you sit there all day going, oh, Jesus, did I? what did I fuck up? Did I? And then the email comes in saying, we've received your request. And then it's just two days sitting there waiting. And then... Yeah, all the emails start coming out. We got our first one. I immediately went to Twitter. And, yeah, people saying, I did it in two minutes flat and got my fifth choice. Yeah, there should be a way to do it much more instantaneously, like pee on a stick afterwards or something. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've never gotten good news out of peeing on a stick. (laughs) One way or the other, it's either either you're a father or stop peeing on that stick and put your hands behind your back. Sir, I'm going to need to ask you to step away from that stick. <laughs> but it's the weird thing is, it's nerve wracking and it takes days. But in its own way, it's the least stressful part because you have a certain amount of control. Since travel planners, which is the uh, convention's travel agent that does all the booking, at least for the last three years, they've had a situation like this where the website is quick. You can put your information in, and you're not sitting there with things utterly beyond your control. Right. Um, the last time, before a couple of years ago, we had booked was uh, 2008. Yep. 
Because this is going to be our ninth Comic-Con. It is. God help us Go all. us. And the locals <laughs> hate us just as much as the first day we showed up. With... I've been going to Comic-Con for almost a quarter of my whole life. Yeah, it's awesome, <laughs> and we'll go until our luck runs out. But, but yeah, back in 2008, it was, okay, we're going to open it up, and you do the whole transaction right now. And because it was very complicated, and it had to deal with e-commerce, and you'd sit there for an hour and a half. And the funny thing is the first year we went in 2006. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Yeah, which was, the, everyone says that was the tipping year. That's the year Samuel L. Jackson it's showed fault. up. It's yeah, pretty, pretty much. But I'll get to that. We didn't know. But that was the year Samuel L. Jackson showed up for Snakes on a Plane. So people started realizing Hollywood show up. That was the first year any day sold out. And it was Saturday and it sold out on that day. Um but yeah, that year was sort of idly. I'd gotten a raise, so it's, oh, we can afford to travel. You want to go to San Diego? It's the big comic convention. Sure, Rob, I would love to. And we <laughs> went because it was a big comic convention. We had no idea anybody from Hollywood was going to show up. We yeah. We just wanted to go to a big show, a big comic book show. It was and a <laughs> great time. We got there and wandered the floor. No, actually, no, that was in the, the following year, but I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm stepping on your story. But yeah, <laughs> it was uh, that year it was... We paid no attention to when tickets went on sale. We paid attention to the hotel because we knew nothing about the town. Right. And it went on sale at noon, and it was slow. I got through and got a listing about 1230 and said, oh, geez, some of these are expensive. <laughs> and you, I knew you had lunch until 1, so I waited until 1, and I called you and said, oh, there's these hotels, but this one's here, and it's not too bad. And It's a mile away, and it's a little cheaper. I'm like, oh, all right, sure. (laughs) Yeah, so she said, well, either one of these two or three is fine. I'm like, let me go to lunch and think about it. (laughs) I came back from lunch. I'm like, yeah, we'll do this one, and I put it through, and there was no problem. Oh, 2006. Yeah, (laughs) and that was, yeah, around February, and it was around April. I'm like, oh, shit, we should get tickets, and I just went (laughs) on and bought tickets. Yeah. Yeah, now it's we've been eligible for the pre-sale. Yes. And for the pre-sale... For the pre-registration, and we would do the same thing for the regular registration, I go to work. So I'm on a completely different <laughs> network and power supply oh, yes. than you are. We communicate by phone and Skype so we can hit the thing immediately, and it's high stress and completely randomized. It's and... whichever one of us gets through first. Yeah, and it's you know, we go through this because only a goddamn fool would think we're real press and give us real press credentials, <laughs> so we don't even fucking try. But... I is a reporter. Yeah. And this year, you know, we got lucky. Uh, literally, the thing lit up at noon after you know, spending two hours in a virtual waiting room. Yes. doing air quotes here. <laughs> and so I sat there, surfed the nun on one window, and watched this waiting room go for two hours. And within five minutes, I got through. Yeah, I, I, I would have been in digital hell, apparently. But you got through. <laughs> Although yeah. the previous year, I think I got through first. Yeah. Um, well, the... Pre- at least last year, they would tell you where you were in line. Yeah. They gave you a number. This year, it was just... Good luck. Yep, you're waiting. <laughs> Don't press refresh. Don't you fucking press refresh! <laughs> they have some sort of blue circle or yellow circle this year. Oh, some circle of doom that just mocked all... got its own Twitter all... feed. <laughs> yeah, it's... Every part of going to San Diego is hard. It's It's worth it. Yeah, we Amanda and I have made the deal. We will go as long as we can get, say, Thursday and Sunday seat. The laminates. Yeah. That bookends the experience. Because, <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't go if we couldn't get into it at all, but at least a couple days. And at this point, it's become so big. You can go to Petco and uh, 
What's yeah. his name? Zach. Zach uh, uh, Braff? No. Oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> no, the one who was on Chuck. Right, that guy. Um, Which we never watched, or I could pull his name out of my ass. But uh, he, he's got a whole thing at Petco that you know goes on. Uh, there are two or three mini conventions that really go on. Zach Petco. You're going to name it 15 <laughs> fucking middle relievers. Oh, my God. This is a Tijuana donkey show. <laughs> Mark that down. Is it going on in July? Uh, no. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't. But Look at the size uh, of that there, donkey. There's enough other stuff going on. If you can get in for Zach a Zach Levi. Zach Levi. <laughs> yeah, he's got his nerd HQ thing that happens at uh, at Petco, and that goes on for the entire week, I think. Yep. So there's stuff you can do, because it's uh, the fact is there's nothing like it. And Geek and Sundry have their thing. Jimmy Palmiotti and his friends all had their own thing going on. Yeah, at the bowling alley bowling last year. Yeah. I forget what it was called, but the, the fact is there's stuff you can do. Yeah, San Diego's a pain in the ass. You know, we plan all year and do these little hot button. Okay, forty five minutes of pants shitting terror to get it done. Yep, and it's not cheap for us to go there because we come from Boston. And, yeah, the crowds are a mess, and if you want to get into particular restaurants, you better get there a day early and make sure that you go there before crowds show up. <laughs> yeah. if you eat at the convention center, you must not have a morbid fear of fucking dying. But, and the crowd... Or maybe you have a morbid fear of living. Yeah. <laughs> it's better... <laughs> and the crowds are a nightmare, and if you go anywhere near Hall H, you deserve what happens to you. But yes. <laughs> you can get things and see things and meet people... There's just nothing else like it. Yeah, and there's something for everybody. Is it completely unwieldy and exhausting? Yes. Is it worth it? If you're the right person to be there, which we feel we are, yes. Yeah. But good Lord, every year there's at least one moment where it's like, I don't think I can do this anymore. (laughs) I'm too fucking old. (laughs) But that's where now having our first choice hotel, we can mitigate that somewhat. Yes. Yes, indeed. Because it is no longer one that is a mile away. <laughs> yeah. It, it is much nicer to be downtown where, you know, I'm exhausted. I got to go 500 feet. <laughs> yeah. Put everything down, collapse on the bed, refresh, and repeat. With liquor. <laughs> Vast quantities of liquor to wash the stick of humanity off you. Is that what we're supposed to be doing with it? <laughs> Pour enough down your head. You don't care about the stink of humanity. I can't smell anything. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> well, that's a stroke, and you should call somebody. <laughs> All right. So, we did actually read a couple of comic books this week. We did. So, so, yeah, you want to start out? We'll just talk about a couple of them. I um, could not resist picking up and then reading all 300 pages of The Wedding of Deadpool. Yeah, and thanks for that, by the way. <laughs> Literally 20 minutes before we started <laughs> taping, she's like, I'm going to do the Deadpool wedding. It's 500 pages. <laughs> I don't think it's 500. I think it's 300. It's fucking uh, long. It's, it's a very long. So, all right, well, I haven't read it yet. And, oh, Jesus. Yeah, go ahead. Put another episode of At Midnight <laughs> on in the background. I got a long way to go. It's a $10 comic book I bought. I mean, it was a good book. Yes. Yes, it. It, it, it was a good book. Um, I thought it was... I thought Brian Posen and and Jerry Duggan Dugan um, Howard. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your names, gentlemen. Um, have been steadily getting better and better on this book as their run has gone on over time. Um, 
it's uh, they've it's been a solid title for a while, and that pissed me off for a while because <laughs> you know, Amanda and I were stand-up comedians for a while, and when I heard Posen was taken over as a writer on Deadpool, I'm like, fucking comedian shouldn't do this. Yeah, Scott Lobdell was a comedian, and look what happened. A comedian shouldn't write anything longer than a cock joke. James Asmus is doing okay on the books that he's writing. Yeah, well, it was professional jealousy is what it was. It's actually... I was more concerned with it, frankly, because I really like Daniel Way's run, and I didn't think that necessarily anybody was going to do better than that. Well, all right, that's charitable and logical, but <laughs> I'll just be wallowing over here with my beer and my sadness. Um, but the... Uh... This particular issue, which is the wedding of Deadpool, is is um, it's got a lot of heart in it. Um, it's it's a fairly positive book for Deadpool. People are being nice to him in this book, which is odd. I mean, people are shooting at him and trying to kill him, but there's a, a lot of the Marvel universe actually trying to be nice to him in this book, which is kind of sweet <laughs> it and was, unusual. <laughs> it was kind of interesting that. Captain America and Wolverine and all these people are taking this wedding seriously. When yeah. I've missed the last couple issues of this, this is the first we're hearing of this wedding. Well, it's it's the first anybody's hearing of it. They make a point of that actually. <laughs> That's what I In, thought on, the, on this page here, where it's like, so last time we saw you, uh, a lot of things happened, and this was not on anybody's radar. Is basically what they say on the first page here with little Deadpool. Not so really. how'd this happen now and yeah, and then you read the book and you find out. But um, I'm going to be kind of curious to see where this goes, honestly. And I, I enjoyed all of the mini, mini sodes that were in the back too. Some of them were stronger than others, but um, Jimmy Palmiotti's stands out as one of the funniest ones. So if you pick up this book, please read that. Now, which one was his? Because again, I did this on a fast burn. His was the one taping. where Deadpool gets himself married to somebody with super strength, and it's a really good thing that he has a healing factor. <laughs> Death by Snoo Snoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Futurama kind of already covered that yeah. to a certain degree, but... Uh, it, no, still, that that was pretty funny. Paul Miotti's a funny bastard, but yeah. he wants to be. Uh, I liked, ironically, not ironically, just uh, probably the most serious one. I think it was the. I think it was Christopher Priest, uh, the one with the, the wolf and the Jack oh, yeah. London. That, yeah, yeah, that was good. That ended on sort of a bittersweet, and it may have just jumped out at me because it was, okay, yeah, Deadpool. Yeah, it's the one that starts with Call Me Ishmael. Yeah. But uh, Deadpool's prone to hallucinations and not prone to happy endings. So that one sort of struck me as uh, this 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 feels true. The Niagara Falls one was actually kind of sweet too, because yeah, Cyclops like. takes it entirely wrong and thinks that he's taken this poor girl hostage, and it turns out that he's actually helping her because she's dying of cancer. It's <laughs> yeah, I thought that was Matt Murdock though. Oh, is it Matt Mar I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. I saw red glasses and somebody being a bummer. And How dare you slander Matt Murdock by calling him Cyclops? I'm sorry. I saw red glasses and somebody being a bummer. I missed the walking stick. <laughs> <laughs> that really could talk to either one of those characters up until Mark <laughs> Wade took over Daredevil. Yeah. Um, that, that one was good. Uh... But yeah, sort of as a larger... Just a bunch of big fun tales. That one with, with sock puppet. That's a pretty good one. That was all right. But. With his hand, I the wet. And he can't beat a good jack off joke. No. But. <laughs> but yeah, sort of as an overall, you know, here's just some generally fun one or two, slightly poignant because you don't want to get any 
no, you deeper don't, than, you don't than need slightly you. poignant. I don't come to Deadpool for depth. Right. <laughs> but it's a, no, it was a fun book. It's a fun book. You know, so, well, was an issue 27 just to take a friggin' swipe at Detective it, Comics worth $10, but... Well, uh, no. I mean, I mean, is any comic book worth $10? Um, you know, the upside is I can I can pick this up and read it whenever I want, and I own it. <laughs> and you can sit there and peruse and try and pick out every character on that cover. They give you a convenient list on the back. Yeah, but that takes half the fun off. Of it, it does. I've found four Bushman. That's important. <laughs> um, yep. I saw D-Man. I found D-Man. Really, once you found those two, you're just sort of going over yeah. well-trod ground. It's supposed to be a Guinness World Record record holder because of the number of characters that they, they get in there. It's like, it's like 237 or something. Yeah, just looking at the back, there's Devil Dinosaur. So 236. Uh, Something called Rage. I hate that guy. Fin, I don't know. Fin Fang Foom is here somewhere. <laughs> I, I say that because I just read the list. I, I, oh, I, I, see, actually... I see Devil Dinosaur, but yeah, I don't see see the Impossible Man. <laughs> Squirrel Girl's here somewhere. The Squirrel Girl is everywhere. She is. She's the Alpha and, and the they... Omega. <laughs> Be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I, what I picked. Why don't we talk about what you picked? Yeah, uh, I went with Batman Eternal because um, it was a first issue Batman. It had Scott Snyder's name on it and James Tinian. And that's going to be a weekly now, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Um, I'm really not sure how I felt about it. Uh, the first thing was it, it really didn't feel very much like a Batman story. Nope. It was much more a Gotham Police. Jim Gordon story. Jim Gordon story, which is fine. Um God knows we've been lacking like a Gotham Central kind of cop story for a while, although you're not going to get a hell of a lot better than Gotham Central. No. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was. It, I, I had a few problems with it. Um, one of the problems I had with uh, was with the art in the, the one real Batman sequence in the beginning where it's a hostage situation and Batman comes in in an armored suit. Yeah. I had real trouble interpreting with that. You know, okay, he's there in the armored suit, and then I kind of lost him for one or two panels, and then he was suddenly just in his regular Batman suit, and I couldn't figure out where yeah. he changed. And particularly with the earlier comment of you know, Professor Pig's people, you know, got something on my suit and it was disintegrating. Okay, so you stopped to change clothes before addressing the hostage situation. I, oh, just because Bruce Wayne is a fashionable man. Of course, he's a goddamn handsome man. <laughs> you know, who will allow you to die so he doesn't look like an idiot. I don't know. But, but it, it was just, it was hard to follow, um, which took some of the action out of it. I'll always be okay with Bruce Wayne and you know, a Batman armored suit, but uh, I just had trouble following it. Yeah, the, and uh, um, I was having a little difficulty trying to figure out what was going on with Professor Pig and his plan that they were trying to stop something turning he was turning things into something called dolatrons i don't i don't know I, I suppose if you know about professor pig then that would have made sense i don't beyond yeah. what they tried to do with him briefly in uh beware the batman before that came off the air yeah but <laughs> you know th that was just sort of a motivating factor clearly they're intimating there's some other greater plan somehow yeah somebody did something to make Gordon hallucinate that somebody he was trying to take down had a gun, and well, now that that Grady person 
I think I think that's going to hinge on finding out more about who that Grady person is. Yeah, well, that was the other problem I had with it. I don't believe some. What was that guy? A sergeant? This Grady guy? Um, I don't know. I don't know who he was. All I know is he had some sort of flower tattoo to his head. Oh, okay. No, we're talking. About, I thought you were talking about the cop who arrested. No, Gordon. no, no. The, the the one who's drawn to look disturbingly like Jim Gordon Jr. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, the, the the other guy was bald and had a flower on his head and seemed to be an accomplice of Professor Pig. Okay. Uh, what got me was uh, the lieutenant or sergeant who arrested Gordon. Yeah, the the new meat. For the misstep. Well, no, the guy who was screaming for his arrest. Oh, Forbes. Yeah. Okay. Major Forbes. Um, I don't, that would be career suicide. And unless you caught the commissioner in bed with a dead girl or a live boy. Well, I, I actually had less of an issue with that. It seemed like they were intimating that Forbes was at the head of the constituency of still corrupt Gotham cops. And that it's a very much good cops versus bad cops political crap thing going on. Which I got, yeah. but. I still don't believe that, and I believe the best course of option to remain a dirty <laughs> cop under no scrutiny is to arrest the commissioner of police. <laughs> yeah, especially when Batman's your friend, if you're the commissioner. <laughs> yeah. It that just, just doesn't seem like a good long-term strategy. It, it just felt like there were a few things in the book where there were leaps in logic to move the plot forward. It opened with a standard, what feels like standard, Scott Snyder, let's flash forward to the future. Yep. And then let's flash to somebody talking to their mom or dad so we learn about them as a character. Yep. And then stuff explodes and uh commissioner is arrested because reasons and <laughs> we're just going to move ahead with because the reasons. with the plot. You know, if it's a if it's a weekly book, I'll certainly keep up with it and if they're on an accelerated schedule, you know, I can Yeah, I mean, how does I, this play do... into what's going on in continuity right now? Well, I mean, what's going on in continuity right now is zero year. Nothing's going on in continuity right okay. now in the main title. So, I don't know. It just, it it was okay. With what's going on in the main Batman title, I expect more than okay out of Scott Snyder. This seems to be an issue, though. I mean, we, we complain a lot of the time about books that are decompressed. And have, have writers forgotten how to write just a book that moves along? but, you know, in a coherent manner. Well, even that's a tricky thing on this. If this is a weekly book, you're not going to be able to do one-and-dones. Well, I don't want it to be a one-and-done, but, you know, should it, it's, it shouldn't be an unreasonable expectation that you can follow the action on the page, that you have a clear understanding of who the characters are. If you're introducing a character, then there should be some way to ground and contextualize that character beyond. He looks like Jim Gordon, only younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and yeah, the, the issues I had with the early action sequence, uh, the, I think there were definitely storytelling errors in there, whether it was because of speed required to, to do the book or just an oversight. I don't know. It certainly looked pretty enough, but if I can't follow the story, you got a major failure there. Yeah. And yeah, just for a, book with Batman on the title. This really doesn't seem to have a hell of a lot to do with Batman. I yep. mean, his big moment at the end was, no, I'll stand in support of the commissioner. Because that's what I want Batman to do. Take a Batman 1966, stand <laughs> up on the 
stand up next to the commissioner and Chief O'Hara and say, it's all going to be all right. Uh, yeah, I, I I will wait to see what week two looks like before I completely pass judgment. But overall, I was, I was a little disappointed. Yeah, and that's a weird thing. If this is weekly, I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Because I'm in the minority. I really liked 52. I even kind of yes. like Countdown by Trinity... Uh, okay, I think a Just lot of people were getting burned out. But played I, out. I like the idea of a weekly book. Yeah. I want a good weekly book I can check in. You can have a jump back and forth across the Batman family. And you know, this one, honestly, I was not giving any thought to it's coming out again in a week. Or it was just, okay, this is a first issue. And it was only okay. Yep. That's but, a, that, that happens. But, you know, I'll certainly give it another shot on Wednesday and see where it goes. Yeah. This is all you can do. Yep. Yeah. Maybe this time a meter maid can arrest the president of the United States, <laughs> sir. But I really had a problem with that. I did not believe that at all. No, but, you know, again, maybe we'll get some more details on why Forbes thinks that he's in a secure enough position to do something like that. Yeah, we They did establish that um, Maggie Sawyer is also on the force there. Yeah. Um, so she's she's already been established as a counterpoint to the corrupt Forbes. Well, we'll have to see. Bullock is being his usual. Just I I am Switzerland. I'm happy to take kickbacks, except when I'm not. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh well. So I think that basically covers everything I we're going to talk about. Everything. Yeah. Then it's probably good enough time. We've heard Parker the Kitten, our mascot, screeching outside the studio door. <laughs> He's yeah. probably outside destroying everything that we love. So, On that note. <laughs> we'll stick a fork in it. That's uh, the end of... Episode 11. Episode 11. What do we call this one? Well, I called it the Fist of Punctuality. You wanted to call it the Fist of Capitalism. Fist of Punctual Capitalism. The, the yellow shake-off of capitalism. <laughs> Golden shake-off. Golden shake-off. <laughs> We will stick a name on this podcast when we <laughs> upload it to the internet. The fist of golden shake-off of punctual capitalism. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I clearly have not had enough to drink. Anyway, so either way, words. it's in the can. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And Derby.